Well, hey, everybody, welcome to church. So glad you're here. And uh, to all of you joining us online, glad you're along for the ride as well. For all of you in the building, glad you're able to float your way here today for church. And uh, so excited. If you're joining us for the first time, we are in week two of a series that we've called Settled. And uh, we'll jump into that message in just a moment. But if you missed week one, I encourage you to go back and watch uh, the first installment. It's a four-week series. Each message kind of builds on the one before it, and they all work together. So you're not going to want to miss any of them. So if you missed week one, go back and watch that this week. But right before we jump into uh, part two, we are ramping up, as you've heard us talking about, for the launch of our brand new Middletown location, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it's coming September 24th. Uh, and uh, this week we actually have a launch meeting, a launch meeting for Middletown. If you live or work south of the canal, of course, if you've already indicated uh, that you want to be a part of that location, you'll want to be there this Wednesday at 630. But if you're interested in just finding out more about the location, uh, just come check it out. I'll be there. We'd love to hang out with you. It's Wednesday evening at 630 at Middletown High School. Why is it at Middletown High School? Because that's where we're launching a location on September 24th. So you're going to get a sneak peek at uh, the facility that we're going to be in for that location. So I encourage you to check it out. You can find all the details on our app or website and love to hang out with you Wednesday evening. Well, as we jump into part two of this series, uh, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be tall. Anybody else wanted to be tall? Maybe some of us are still like, wish we were tall. I have tall friends. And I always wished when I was a kid I was tall. Clearly did not work. If you're like, how did it go? It didn't work out um, the way that I hoped. But when I was a kid, I got, I got kind of anxious about this because I was, I was always on the smaller side and just I was worried. I didn't want to do anything that could stunt my growth. And I heard these myths. Maybe you're familiar with some of them, like drinking coffee. I was told, like, if you drink coffee as a kid, it will stunt your growth. So I didn't start drinking coffee until I was in my 30s. I was like, why take the risk? You know, could still get a little taller. Lifting weights. I was told if you lift weights, it, will, it could stunt your growth. So to this day, I've stayed away from this very dangerous and irresponsible activity. I just, as you can tell, you're like, you did not need to tell us that. We could tell. We could tell. So... I heard all of these things, and even though today I, I'm happy to say I have made peace with my physical height, like I'm good, I understand, I'm five foot eight and a half, and uh, five foot nine in my Nikes, I get it, like I just, I know where I am, but I am still somebody who wants to grow, I just, I crave growing, I want to grow in my life, I want to grow in my mental health, I want to grow in my relationships, I want to grow in uh, the way I manage my finances, I want to grow in my leadership, and this may not be true for you yet, but I'm really passionate. I want to grow in my faith. And I recognize I have so much room to grow. And it's just something that I just, I've been following Jesus for a long time now, but I never feel like I've anywhere close to arrived. There's just so much more growth that needs to happen in my life. And did you know, this is kind of the time of year. We've had a lot of rain uh, recently. If you're in the areas where our physical locations are, we had a lot of rain. And uh, this is the time of year when things grow. Everything's growing. The grass is growing. Plants are growing. Flowers are growing. Did you know if you pull a plant out of the ground and place it on your shelf for a few days, it may still look good, but it will, the process of uprooting it will stunt its growth. It's not a myth. It's not like coffee or lifting weights. The plant needs the soil that it's in. It needs that root system. It needs to be settled. It needs the strength of where it's planted 
to be able to continue to grow. And whatever we believe about God, the same is true of our lives. We can have a life that looks good on the shelf for a while, like a life that looks good on social media maybe for a while, like we just capture just the right moments and it looks good from the outside, or we can have a life that is actually deeply good, that from the inside out we're being transformed and we're living this settled, thriving life. That's, that's life number two, the settled life. Life number one looks good on the shelf for a while, life number two is really thriving. And I think for a lot of us, the question is, well, if I want that life, if I, if I want life number two, do I really need God for that? And then I think maybe a follow-up question is, well, how much God do I need? Like, if I go to church once in a while, will that cut it? If I say a prayer, I mean, does that, uh, the, you know, like once a year, is twice a year, how much God do I need? And a guy named Jeremiah actually writes about this in the Old Testament of the Bible. He describes the two different lives. And he describes number one, life number one, which is the stunted life, never really reaches its full potential from the inside out. And then he describes the settled life. And here's how he begins. This is Jeremiah 17, verse 5. He says, this is what the Lord says. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to read what the Lord says. But before we go any further, I want to pause and ask us a question today. And that is, do you believe that? Do you believe there's a God? And that if there is one, he has stuff to say. And I think for some of us today, now of course, many of us would say, yes, I believe in God, that's why I'm here. But others of us might say, I'm not really sure I do believe in God. I think I'm an atheist, but the music's nice, and every once in a while, you say something inspiring. <laughs> and that's okay, if that's you, I'm glad you're here. I'm not here to twist your arm. A lot of people, that is their story. It's kind of where they were in life. Some of us might say, I think there's a God, but I don't love religion. So can I have God without all the religious stuff? And if that's where you are, I get that too. A lot of us uh, could relate to that. But I, I actually think there are four questions we need to answer before we decide what we believe about anything else. They're pretty simple, so don't freak out. They're, they're straightforward. But I think a lot of us try to answer question number 1,368 about God before we get these four right. And here they are. Here's the first one. Is there a God? So I already mentioned that one, but I think that's a really important question. Do we believe there is a higher power, a sourceless source, you might say, a, a greater being in the universe beyond us? And again, some of us might say, not so sure, or I don't believe there's a God. If you would say, I absolutely do not believe there's a God, the rest of these questions don't matter very much. In fact, I wouldn't get all worked up about what people who believe in God believe because you don't even believe there's a God. So the rest of the questions about God and spirituality, kind of inconsequential. But for all of us who would at least say, yeah, I, I think there's a God, or yes, I know there's a God, I've, I've been changed by experiencing him in my life, if we would land on the yes side, then we get to the second question, which is, does that God have the right to speak into my life? Really important question. In other words, is he really God with a capital G? Would I say that he has, here's a scary word for some of us, authority in my life? authority. Like, would I say that he has the right to speak into my life? And if we answer yes to the first question, there is a God, but no to this question, actually, if we're going to be honest, we're probably answering no to the first question, right? Because no God worth being referred to as a God doesn't have a right to speak into the lives of humanity. If he's a higher being, then he has the right to give his opinion about all of us who are not God. So if we get to yes on both of these questions, I believe there's a God, 
And if there is one, he would have the right to speak into my life. Then we get to the third question, very important. How does God speak? Or how has God spoken? If there's a God, how has he revealed himself? So followers of Jesus believe that God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus, and through the words of the Bible. And the teachings of Jesus and the words of the Bible provide a backdrop for what God has to say. That does not mean we believe the Bible is the only way God has spoken. It's just that we believe that nothing else God has to say will negate the Bible. Like the Bible has the last word for us. It's a settled word by which we measure all other things that God would have to say or teach us or show us. Now, immediately some of us might say, yeah, but hold on, hold on. Wasn't the Bible written a long time ago? And hasn't a lot changed And the answer is yes. It was written a long time ago, and a lot has changed. For instance, just one example. When the Bible was written, nobody had Wi-Fi. It's a very kind of uh, profound and meaningful example, because here in our broadcast location in Newark, we have not had Wi-Fi all weekend long. And you would be amazed what is running right now, hotspotting off of people's phones. It's amazing what we can do. Thank God for the hotspots of cell phones. But when the Bible was written, a lot was different. A lot was different. The question is not, have things changed? The real question is, has God changed? Here's what I mean. If I authored a book right now, so if I decided, okay, I know a lot, I'm going to write about it, and I wrote a book right now, I promise you, 40 years from now, if I went back and read my own book, I would be like, oh, man. Like, there would be a lot of stuff I would want to change. I was not right about that. I did not have all the information there. I thought that team was going to do well that season, and boy, did they ever not do well. There would be so much that I just wasn't aware of. But if there's a God who's worthy to be referred to as God, and he authored a book, then 4,000 years later, he wouldn't change a thing, because he's God. So the question is, has God spoken? Has he revealed himself through Jesus and through the Bible. And that's what the Bible is for followers of Jesus. It is a once-for-all settled word to which we compare everything else. And I think that's important. So if we get here and we say, yes, there's a God. He has the right to speak into my life. And he has spoken through the Bible. I may not understand it all. It may not always make sense to me, but I do believe he has spoken. Then we get to the fourth question. Will I live like God says? And that's the big one. The rest, honestly, is just kind of theorizing. Once we get here, this is where the rubber hits the road. If I believe there's a God, and if to be God, he has to have the right to speak into my life and to say what he thinks, and if I believe that God has said what he thinks through Jesus and through the Bible, then am I going to surrender my life, my priorities, decisions, relationships, career, finances, attitudes, all of it big and small, am I going to surrender my life to that God? And if we get all the way to that fourth question, am I going to live like God says, and answer no to that one? What's the point of believing in God at all? Just a thought. So that may be where some of us are. We're like wrestling, like, I believe there's a God, and I believe he has the right to speak into my life, and I believe there's something to Jesus, and there's something to the Bible, even though I don't understand it all. It doesn't always make sense to me. Man, when we get to that fourth question, that's where the rubber hits the road. And for all of us who would get there and say, yes, I want to live the way the God who created me designed me to live, now we can talk about what the Lord says. This 
is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Right away we see that life number two, a life that really is thriving and settled, is not about religion or not about going through the motions. It's a trust thing. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Now, that word cursed is a strong word, right? It's a strong word. How many of us uh, have cursed recently, just by a show of hands? How many of us are liars? How many just by a show of hands are, okay, good. So now we got everybody, you know, pretty much involved in uh, if, you've, if you've cursed recently, that might be what comes to mind when you hear that, like cursed are those, you think, okay, when I get really mad, I curse. Uh, maybe that's something, an area in your spiritual growth you're working on, and I appreciate that and appreciate your honesty. But that's really not what this scripture is talking about. So let me ask you another question. Have you ever been working on something, a project at home or work, or maybe you were in traffic or you were uh, in a really difficult a conversation with a customer service representative, or you were putting together Ikea furniture, and you got so frustrated, you're like, my life is cursed. I mean, this is cursed. This conversation is cursed. This bookcase is cursed. Come on, how many of us have been there, right? That's what this means. In other words, you got to a place where you, you realize no matter what I say or do, no matter how many times I change lanes, no matter how many times I make my case, no matter how many times I put the little wooden dowels where the instructions say they're supposed to go, it's just not working. That's what this means. Curse does not mean that when we don't trust in God, he yells bad words at us. Cursed means when we don't trust in God, when instead we put our trust in what we desire or feel or what the human opinion is around us or what other people say or think instead of in the settled word and will of God, eventually our lives stop working right. And no matter what we do, and you might find yourself there, you're like, I don't understand. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and it's just not working right. And God would say, not a religion issue, it's a trust issue. Where are we putting our trust? And we can get mad at God. For some of us, some of us are very mad at the God that we're not trusting. Or we're not even really sure we believe in. And we can get mad at God, but the truth is we are choosing life number one. The life that might look good for a while, but doesn't work in the end. And here's what it looks like, by the way. Life number one. This is what the Lord says. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. In other words, trusting myself stunts my growth. It's not a myth. It's not like, it's not like coffee or lifting weights. It's the real thing. When I put my trust just in what I find within myself and stop there instead of trusting in God, it will stunt my growth. So last fall, uh, we had some wonderful friends who sent us a little gift. These are succulents. Can you see these little guys? These are succulents. I didn't know what a succulent was up until a few years ago. I was like, oh, it's a cactus. No, every cactus is a succulent, but not every succulent is a cactus. I was like, okay, I stand corrected. So now, I don't know if you, some of you are really into like design and all that. Succulents are very in right now. They're a vibe. They're a whole thing. They're, they're like, everybody's got succulents. You look at all the like magazines of succulents. It's a big deal. My daughter is really, she has succulents all over her room. It's, it's like the thing. It's a vibe, succulents. And uh, um, 
They're, they are cool. Like if you're a dude wanting to impress a girl, I recommend you go out and buy her some succulents. They're very in. I don't know. It might not be good advice. I've been married 26 years. So, I, you know, uh, I'm not up on these things. But succulents are a big deal right now. And succulents, what they do, what defines a succulent is that they store water within themselves. So they don't have to be watered very frequently at all. They look within themselves to find everything they need. And that's part of what makes them great. They're low maintenance. Like, we've had these succulents sitting on our shelf, and we forget to water them. They don't care. They're like, we're good. The other thing is, some succulents can grow large, but most of them don't. These are about the same size they were eight months ago when we got them, which is totally cool for us, because we're like, we don't want you taking over our house. Just be a little succulent. (laughs) Sit on the shelf, look cool, have a vibe. That's the whole thing. But... There's no hope for their future. Yes, I know they can hear me. (laughs) Like this, we'll never be like, time to get a bigger box. No, this is it. And they live in a very dry place. Jeremiah is saying, or God is saying, if you believe this is God's word, God is saying that there are a lot of people who live like that. They live the succulent life. They look good. In fact, it's kind of in to be a spiritual succulent right now. It's kind of in to be someone who's like, you know, I am very spiritual. I just look within myself. Don't don't need you to water me. I I don't need anything from the outside. I just, I look within. And it looks very cool for a while. But what God is saying is, in the end, it doesn't produce much. It just doesn't ever result in anything very significant. It's a dry life. It's a barren life. Thankfully, though, we don't have to live that way. There is another way to live. There's a life number two. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Remember, this is what the Lord says. The God who created us and loves us more than we can fathom says that when we put our trust in him, Our lives begin, slowly but surely, to work like they were intended to work. This is life number two. It's the settled life. And here's what it looks like. Remember, succulent life, stunted shrubs in the desert. But the blessed life, they are like trees. Not a succulent, a tree. Planted along a riverbank with roots that reach Deep into the water from outside of them, they draw what they need to be strong. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. This is the deep, settled, growing life. So just like we have succulents in our home, we have a tree in our yard. And uh, I preached about trees A number of times over the years, it's not because I'm an arborist, although I'm very proud of myself for knowing that word, Uh, but I'm just fascinated by them. And this tree in our front yard has been there for a long time. We've lived in our house 14 and a half years. It was there when we moved there. It had just been planted not long before we moved there. Uh, In fact, a few years after we moved into our house, we came home one day after a bad storm, and that tree, that same tree, had been struck by lightning. And it was broken over in our yard. And all that was left was like a little three or four foot stump that we were able to preserve. And it grew back into that. It's amazing. These trees have the capacity to continually expand. And that's what this tree is doing in our yard. 14 and a half years later, still growing. I have to trim it back 
Because it just wants to take over. It's just so strong and stately. And you could come to our house and you could pull these succulents out of their little dry succulent bed with ease. I'm not going to do it. I'll get in trouble. But if you came to our home and tried to pull that tree out of our front yard, good luck, right? You can't get that thing out of there. Its roots are deep. It is not easily uprooted. It is not easily dismayed. It is not easily affected by the conditions of the world around them. It's a tree. It's a tree. And it knows how to draw what it needs from the deep places beneath it. And those are the two lives. We choose life number one when we trust in someone or something other than God. That is the succulent life. It doesn't produce anything that matters in the end. It's not a fruitful and thriving life. But we choose life number two when we put our trust in God and we make him our hope and confidence. That's the blessed life, like a tree planted by a river. And you know what? Choosing life number two does not mean life will be easy for us. The tallest trees experience the biggest storms first. It does not mean life will be easy for us. No, what it means is because we are deeply rooted in the blessed life that God is inviting us into, we're not worried by the heat. We're not bothered by the drought. Our leaves stay green. We go through a breakup, but the breakup doesn't define us because the human relationship didn't define us. Our relationship with God defined us. The roots went down deep. We're strong. We, we walk through grief, and the grief affects us. We still bend in the wind of this world, but we're not going anywhere because our roots go down deep into the God who transcends our grief. Our trauma does not define us. The one we put our trust in defines us. This is the settled life. It's a deeply rooted life. And not only that, but we don't have to give into the same fear that the world around us gives into where we have to keep all the water we receive for ourselves. Have you picked up on this spirit in the world? I got a drop. It's mine. Can't give it away. Can't be generous with my life. I need that spot, parking spot. How dare you? Cursed are you? You know, we just trying to tie the scripture to real life for some of us. And this thing that's in our world, this spirit, like, oh, I got one drop. It's all, I got to hold on to it for as long as I can. No, 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 no. When you're a tree, you can freely give away what God has given you because you're so confident in the root system that goes down into God's love and goodness that you know he will provide. Trees never stop producing fruit. Succulents don't produce fruit. They pop out a flower every two years. But trees that are planted deep just never stop producing fruit. That's what we're going to do during Love Week. We're going to go serve our communities and give what God has given us away, our time and our love and our compassion and our resources. Why? Because we know God will provide. Trusting ourselves stunts our growth, but trusting God settles our lives. Those are the two lives. It's a trusting so which life do you want? The tree life, right? <laughs> you don't want the succulent life. Looks good on a shelf. No, you want the thriving tree life. So why aren't more people living that life? Why don't more people have deep roots, steady joy, hope and confidence for the future? In fact, for some of us, we're wondering, why am I not living that life? 
And there is an answer for all of us, myself included. Here it is. The human heart is the problem. The human heart, not the physical organ beating in our chest, but our desires and emotions and cravings. That's what gets in the way. It's actually the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God says, when other people see the outside, the shelf life, the succulent life, I see where your root system really is. And I know the truth about you. You ever been encouraged to follow your heart? You ever gotten that advice? Follow your heart. Maybe you were trying to figure out what to do in a relationship or with your career. or uh, Maybe you even said that to someone. Say, yeah, you know, just follow your heart. And I think that can be good advice when maybe our brain is telling us to play it safe or doubters are telling us we can't accomplish something. You need to follow your heart. But according to what God is saying here, following our human hearts instead of trusting in God, is actually a terrible idea. It is the succulent life disguised as a spiritual life. And there's a lot of that in our world. Just look within, and you just need to look. All of your answers are within. Can I just tell you, I have looked within. All my answers are not in there. I'm just telling you. I don't know if you got all your answers within. I found out I got some wrong answers within. Anybody else? I went within, and my heart told me to do something that was stupid. I don't know why you're clapping. I don't know if you're like, yeah, you finally realized it. <laughs> it's my family. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Anybody, just be honest. How many of us have been convinced we desired something, we craved something, we were convinced it was good for us and later realized it was not good for us. How many of us just by a show of hands? What happened? Our hearts lied to us. Our hearts lie to us all the time. You say, I don't know about you. My heart does not lie to me. It just did. Your heart just told you in church that it doesn't lie to you. And it does. Our hearts lie to us and our hearts get in the way of the tree life. They get in the way of our roots because our hearts will say, you don't need roots that go down deep into God. You just need to look within. You just need to, you do you. And it leads us to this shallow, dry life. And it's how so many people are living. Students and young adults and people in midlife and older, just living this, this life that you just get the feeling with one tug, you could pull it up out of the rocks. And God says, I'm inviting you into something so much better. I'm inviting you into a deep, settled life. And it's a trust decision that when you trust me, you will learn to recognize when your heart is trying to lead you away from me. And when you trust me and you make me your hope and your confidence, then I will strengthen your life and you'll be blessed. Again, that doesn't mean life will be easy. It means in the end, it doesn't really matter what life throws at us. Send the storm. We're deeply rooted. And if you knock us down, we'll grow back. And that's why we need the presence of God in our lives. How much God? More. <laughs> How much God do I need? More. 
That's the answer in my life. We need the presence of a group of God's people. Because God works through his people to strengthen us. And we need the word of God. A settled word we can compare everything else to. We can bring our feelings and desires to God's word and say, God, your word wins, not what I want. And that life requires intentionality. It doesn't just happen. It requires daily drinking from God's goodness and God's presence. The succulent life is where we just sit on the shelf and a drop or two every few months will get us by. But this blessed life, this settled life, means sending our roots down deep into God's goodness and God's will, trusting in Him. And there's a habit that can help you do that personally. We call it practicing a slot and spot here. What does that mean? It's a slot, a time on your calendar, and a spot, a place you go every day to let your roots grow deep before you try to let your branches grow wide and go to your school or work or take care of your kids or do whatever you're going to do during that day. You let your roots go down deep. You read the Bible, pray, worship. You can read a few verses or a few chapters, pray for five minutes or 50. Some of us get a little intimidated by this. We're like, you're talking about a quiet time? It kind of weirds me out. I got a quiet time. Have a quiet time if you're a quiet person. But if you're a loud person, have a loud time with God. What are you doing? Having my loud time. <laughs> you know, like just don't get intimidated about the way you do it. Just do it. Say, well, I don't even, I don't really understand the Bible all the time. I feel you. There are people in my life that I didn't always understand everything about their character, but I knew enough to know I wanted to be like them, so I kept getting close to them, and the closer I got to them, the more I understood. I don't even know if I believe it. That's all right. Bring your doubt to God. He can handle it. Pray, worship, spend time with God. Get in the presence of God and send your roots down deep. We're going to do it together. Uh, the end of August, we'll do a week of prayer, and we'll do this together. But you don't have to wait till then. You can start this week. Send your roots down into God's love. You're going to want to make this a habit. Why? Because if there's a God, and if to be a God worth being a God, he has the right to say what he thinks. And if he has said what he thinks through Jesus, and through the Bible, his settled word, then the only question left is, are we going to live like he says? The answer matters so much because trusting yourself stunts your growth. It'll hold you back from the life you deeply want. But trusting God settles your life and your roots it may take a long time, but your roots will grow down deep. And the storms won't have power over you anymore. And the pressures of this world will not keep squeezing you into their mold. Because you'll know who you are and whose you are. Settle. And if you would say week two of the series, I want that life. I want life number two. I want the tree life. I want the deep root life. 
I want the blessed life. I wonder, would you just shoot your hand up all over the room, just hold it up high. If you're watching online, right where you are, stretch that hand out. Let me pray it over us. Father, we love you and honor you today. God, we sang it earlier, but you are good. And you're right here in this room and coming through the screens as people pause in your presence. Come on, would you tell them this with me? God, I want more of you. I want more of you in my life. I want more of your word, more of your presence. I want a deeper trust, stronger foundation. Strengthen our faith today, God, we pray. Settle us. And while you let God speak to your heart for a moment more, if you're in the room or watching online and, and you don't have a real relationship with God yet, God says in the words we just read that he alone searches hearts and he examines motives and he gives everyone what their actions deserve. Now, that's bad news on the front end. I don't know about you, but I came to the point in my life where I realized this is a law of the universe, the law of planting and harvesting or reaping. And I knew, man, if, if God gives me what I deserve, I'm in trouble. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. The God who is holy and beyond us and created us also loves us more than we can fathom, more than we can wrap our minds around. And he doesn't wait till we're cleaned up to love us. He loves us just as we are. So he sent his son, Jesus, and he gave Jesus what we deserved. And Jesus willingly took it on our behalf. And now we can know God and we can have deep roots and we can live a settled life. And if you want to begin that relationship with God today, it starts when you trust in Jesus, his son, who is leader and Lord. So I'm going to lead us in prayer again. And if that's you, this is your opportunity to take that step. I want everyone to join me again. Just open your heart up big to God. And if that's you today, if you want to put your faith in Jesus right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today, I trust in you. I believe you died to forgive my sins and that you rose again. I want to have life in you. So save me today. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I want to be included in that prayer, I'm putting my trust in Jesus today to save my life, would you lift your hand and just hold it up high all over the room, boldly, yeah, just boldly hold it up, yeah. It's amazing, yes, trusting Jesus with my life. Online, you can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. And then Journey, would you help me? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. Can we do that together? Amen.